happy 2018. It is crazy and nuts to think that we are already here, considering the fact that when I was a kid, I didn't think that I would turn 16. Now I'm a little bit older, just a tad older than that, and uh, we're in 2018, which is absolutely nuts to me. But we're excited. I don't know if you're this way. I am this way. I am not a big surprise guy. Like, just so you know, if there's ever been a thought in your mind, not saying there would be or has been, but, uh, and part of this is also for my wife, if you ever think, hey, what would be really great is to have a surprise party for Aaron. The answer to that is incorrect. I don't like surprises. I don't like things that jump out at me. I don't like things that come up on me unexpectedly. I'm a planner, and I like that. I like to have my plan and work my plan. I like to know. I like to be able to look ahead and go, in six months, I will be doing this. And sometimes, in six months, I actually am doing that. Not all the time, but I like that. And so because my nature is that, I look ahead to every year. I'm going, okay, God, what is 2018 going to be like? What is it going to, what's going to happen? How, how is all this stuff going to work out? And, and, and obviously, there's some things that we're just not going to know. And that's okay. That's where our faith comes in, and, and, and that's okay. But there are things, I think, that we can be fairly confident of. There are certain things, I think, that are going to be a part of 2018 in one way or another. And basically, because of this is who I am, you get to experience this. I want to let you know what's coming. I want you to be able to look back, and I really want this to happen as, as, as really weird as this will be. I want this to come up again. I want to be in May and have one of you come up to me and say, hey, you remember the first Sunday of, of January? And I'm like, of course. I wore a blue shirt and, you know, tan cords, because I'm like that. And you'll go, you remember when you said this was going to happen? And I said, yeah. He says, guess what? It did. And you'll probably think I'm amazing and great, and I'm going to look at you and say, that's not really the case. I just think this is what God has spoken to us, and this is what we're going to be seeing. So the title of the message this morning is A Few Things to Be Ready For This Year. We're going to be in Exodus, the 15th chapter. If you have your Bibles, you may turn there. We'll be starting with verse number 22. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen right there. So let's look at this. Now, just a little context before we continue. The children of Israel have just left Egypt. They are in uh, chapter 15. They have just basically had a major league party uh, because the horse and the rider have been thrown into the sea, as I used to sing when I was a kid. Uh, Basically, the Red Sea is opened. Uh, The uh, Pharaoh and his army has been taken out, and now they have celebrated. Everything is great, and we are Starting now with verse number 22. It says, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all of his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. After leaving Marah, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Eliam, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water. Father, we love you and I need you. Father, I need you all the time, but right now I need an anointing that only comes from your Holy Spirit. Not so that 
I can look good, but so that people can be changed by the power of your words. That's what we need, God. We don't need another message, Father. We don't need another sermon. We need you. We need your words to be what is heard. And so, Father, I pray that that would be the case this morning. Father, that we would hear you above all else. For you love us and you are good. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Kind of an interesting story. Because you, you kind of see kind of how this all begins to take place as, as God is moving them out into the desert. And of course, the first thing they experience is a lack of water. Um, we are from Albuquerque. We, I lived in Albuquerque for 15 years. My wife is from New Mexico and grew up there and has basically lived all over the state. And one of the things that we experienced in New Mexico is the idea of drought. Basically, while I was there, from the time I was there until the time I left... We were in a drought. We were in like a 10, 15, 20-year drought, and it never rained. I remember when I first got there, I hadn't been there very long, and I was the youth pastor, and we had these windows in the youth room, and they were kind of square, rectangle-type windows and whatever, and we were getting ready to have service on a Friday night. That's where we met. And so I was excited. Uh, We're having youth service, and I'm hanging out with the kids. I'm playing. I'm having a good old time. And all of a sudden, kids begin to leave the area that we were in. We had a ping pong table, and we had video games and all that stuff set up. And all of a sudden, kids began to leave one by one. And then it was like getting quicker and quicker. And I realized, you know, did I do something wrong? Is something happening? And finally, I grabbed a kid and I said, "Why are you? Where are you guys going? Because we were in a room that was no, there were no windows. And a kid stopped and he looked at me like, "What are you doing? Let me go. I have to go." And I'm like, "Why?" What's going on? He said, it's raining. So what? No, 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 no. It's raining. Like, what is wrong with this guy? And so I'm like, okay. So I turn around and I walk out. And there's about 50 kids, faces plastered to the glass, watching the rain. And I realized something. I live in the desert. It doesn't rain a lot. And they were excited about it. And what was funny and sad in some ways is later on as things continued, guess who started watching the rain? And so the Israelites leave the desert or leave leave the Red Sea area. They head out into the desert and they can't find any water. They go about three days, and now they're upset, and they're mad, and they're, they're what's going on? It's, it's, it's so amazing and so sad if you stop and think about it. God just opened the sea, and it took them three days to moan and complain. Now, before we get all haughty and all spiritually superior, let's think about our own lives for just a moment and realize probably we're not so different from the Egyptians. But they start complaining. And they start having these problems. And then they finally get to this oasis. I love that the Bible actually uses that word, oasis. They're in the desert. They see this oasis of water. There's actually a place where theologians and historians believe are the the area they stopped. Still there. Pretty cool. And they go to this and they're like, water. They're thirsty. They get there. They reach down. They grab a handful of water and they start drinking. And then they spit it out because it's so bitter they can't drink it. The pool is basically filled with, with magnesium and calcium. And it makes the water very, very bitter to drink. They can't drink it. 
So they cry out, God, what are you doing? God, why have you done this? Why have you brought us out into the desert to die? Is basically what we see over and over and over again. God begins to do a miracle. Moses prays. God says, throw the stick in. God, in it goes. And then the water's safe to drink. And then God begins to do some things and talk to them about some things that are taking place. And as they're getting ready to head into the desert, there's some things that are coming. And as we move into 2018, I believe there's going to be some things that are coming that we need to be ready for and we need to be excited about and we need to understand. The first thing we're going to look at this morning is there will be times of testing. There will be times of testing. Look at Exodus 22, the second part of verse number 25. It says, It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He begins this with a test. Now, in this test, it's basically the idea that to pass the test, you have to be obedient to what God has asked you to do. A lot of times when we talk about test, that's not a fun concept. That's not something we enjoy doing. But really, all a test is, is it's the ability to test what you already know. It's basically helping you figure out where you are at in the process. I have a brother who's a teacher. I have twin sisters who are teachers. I have a mother who taught for 30 years. I understand the concept of testing. Testing is an interesting thing because it is a measuring stick to figure out where you are. A lot of times we don't like tests. Tests are hard. Tests are difficult. We have to study for tests. They're not fun. But they are a part of what God is going to do in our midst. Because he wants to help us understand where we are at. Here's the thing. I can say I know a subject. I can say I'm aware of something. I can say and communicate that to you. But really, when it comes down to it, if I can't regurgitate that information, I really don't know it. When I'm in the middle of something, I can tell you very clearly, hey, 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 when God does this, this is how you should respond. And that's very easy to say. But when we're in the midst of that, how well do we respond to said situation? A lot of times what we have to understand is this. God is going to test us, not because he's mad at us, not because he wants to sit there and and kind of almost be like the teacher with the ruler. I don't know if you had a teacher with a ruler. I had a teacher with a yardstick. Maybe, I don't think he wanted to walk quite as far. And he would, oh, it used to be great. He would wait till a kid fell asleep. And then he would walk up with that yardstick and get real quiet. Get real quiet. And then he Bang that wall, you know, the, the stick, a kid would go flying, books would go crazy, pencils would be flying through the air, and it was amazing unless it was you. But a test is to figure out what you know. You know, and here's the thing you need to understand about God's tests. You need to kind of get this idea of, of your school test out of your mind, because that's not what God is trying to do. God is not here to give you a pass-fail grade. God is here to help you realize where you are at in Him so that you can grow in Him. There is no such thing as an A on God's test. Because there will always be a grade you can get higher. You can always grow more. You can always experience him more. But the bottom line is this test began with an understanding that will you obey what I've asked you to do? A lot of times our tests that we go through in our lives and the tests that you're going to experience this year are really going to be based on this. Will you do what I've asked you to do? Will you be obedient to what I'm asking you to do? And that's what God is doing here. No more nor less. He's saying, this is what I'm asking you to do. Will you pass the test? 
Because here's the thing, what we tend to do is we tend to get to the situation and the place in our lives where we think we don't need tests or tests aren't important or we know better than God and therefore we don't have to obey what God is asking us to do. When that happens, what we have done is we have forgotten who the teacher is and who the student is. And we have to be careful of that. But guys, listen, there are going to be tests this year. There are going to be things that God does, that God is going to do, because he wants you to grow. God wants you to grow. One of the things I want you to understand is God is growing us up. And when God grows you up, there are going to be tests. There are going to be things that you have to do to learn. And that's a good thing. Because when you pass those tests, God is going to give you more responsibility and more things that he wants you to accomplish. And that's not bad. That's a joyous thing. Okay? So tests are coming. Some of those tests are going to be very, very difficult. Some of them are not going to be quite as hard. But there will be tests because God wants to see where you're at. Not because he doesn't know. He does. But so that you know. So that you can do the things that God wants you to do. And come up, understand those things. The next thing. There will be times of extraction. There will be times of extraction. Look at verse number 26a. It's on your screen. He says, if, He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands, and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. You need to understand something here. Okay? And, and I'm going to have to take this with me. Yeah, I'll wait. Because I'm... I actually have a note here I want to make sure I read correctly. But you need to understand something about what God was doing here at this portion of this journey. God had gotten Israel out of Egypt at this point. Now, God is going to get Egypt out of Israel. Do you understand that? God is doing that in all of us. Okay? The moment you accept Jesus as your Savior, God is delivering you out of Egypt. Then for the rest of your life, God is getting Egypt out of you. That is a process. That is an extraction. Sometimes those are painful. Sometimes they are not. But God is working on that extraction process. I found a book as I was studying this this week, and I wanted to read it to you. I don't always do this, but I wanted to make sure I gave this guy the credit that he deserves. There was a guy named Jamie... Buckingham. He wrote a book called A Way Through the Wilderness. And basically what he did was he wrote this book and kind of actually did the journey that the Israelites went through. He actually went to Egypt. He went to that area, the Middle East, and actually taught on it and went through all this. And he wrote this book. And he wrote this, and I'm going to read it uh, from his book. It says this. It says, uh, he sp- or basically he speculates that the water is now drinkable, okay? Obviously, he's thrown in the stick and God has made it able to drink. He says, but he speculates that it still has magnesium and calcium in it. I actually found on YouTube a, a video of him at this pool and he's actually dipping his hands and he's talking about it. You can find it on YouTube if you're interested. It was a really cool study as I looked into it. But he basically says there's still magnesium and calcium in it. Now, because of that, They're able to drink it. God makes it drinkable, but he does not remove the calcium and the magnesium. Okay, everybody understand? And basically, this situation causes a laxative effect 
that would clean out the digestive system of the children of Israel, cleansing them of some common, uh, not European, Egyptian ailments like dysentery, which were common among the peasants of Egypt. In addition, the calcium and magnesium together form a drug called dolomite, used by some athletes as a performance enhancer during hot weather. How cool is that? God brings them to this place. He is sitting there going, listen, you have these diseases that are not pleasant that I want to remove from your body. And so how does he do it? He brings them to a, a, a disgusting, bitter spring that is, that is not good to drink. He cleanses it. And then he uses the magnesium and calcium in it to flush their systems to get all the stuff out that would harm them on their journey. And not only that, but the effects of said things are actually like an enhancing booster that helps them on their journey through, through the desert. Now, when you have these moments, okay, this is kind of off topic, but just go with me. When you have these moments and you go, God, why have you brought me to this pool of bitterness? You might need to stop and understand there's probably calcium and magnesium in it, and you need it. Maybe why God has brought you there is because... He is removing things. You know, we love to talk about God who blesses me, God who gives me, God who does this for me. You know what some of the best things God does for you is? The extraction process. The removing process. Because what I love is that God takes my bitterness and he removes it and he gives me joy. He takes my hurt and he takes that hurt and he removes it and he brings me peace. One of the greatest gifts that God does in our lives is extraction. You want proof? What's Jesus do? He comes. He dies. What is extracted from us? Our sin, our shame, our guilt. You know what God wants to do in some of your lives? He wants to do some extraction this year. He wants to flush your system because you are carrying some diseases that came from Egypt and came from some Egyptians that need to get removed from you. You know what drives me absolutely insane in my own life and in the lives of people I care about? People that walk around sick. Drives me absolutely insane. We have the God, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, that heals us. We have a Savior who came, and by his stripes we are healed. And we love to talk about physical ailments, but God here is talking much greater about physical and emotional and spiritual ailments. And we walk around sick. And then we go, but I'm so tired. I can't make a difference in my world for Jesus. Why? I'm so tired. We're sick. Folks, it's time to get well. It's time to stop living in that location of sickness. You weren't created to be sick. You want proof? Go back to the garden. See if Adam and Eve ever had a cold. See, they ever walked around in shame and guilt. When does that happen? It happens after the fall. Why? They clothe themselves because they're ashamed, because they're naked. It's the first instance that we ever see of shame in Scripture. It's when sin came, not before. If you're walking around in shame and guilt, you weren't created for that. And it's time to get it gone. But it's too hard. You know what? Yeah, you're right. It is hard. But God is able. And God is bigger. And God is greater than no matter what you have faced. You know, Aaron, don't, don't belittle my pain. No, I'm not belittling your pain. I'm proving that God is bigger than whatever you've ever faced. 
Because there's stuff in this world that makes my stomach turn. And yet God is greater. Thank God. There is no earthly pain that heaven cannot heal. Nothing. And if you have bought into that lie, but Aaron, you don't know how I was raised. Aaron, you don't know what he did to me. You don't, you know what? You're right, I don't. But I know a God who does, who's bigger and wants to bring healing into your life. He wants to extract that stuff out. He doesn't just want to get you out of Egypt. He wants to get Egypt out of you. Why won't you let him? Why won't you let him? You don't have to walk around lame. You don't have to walk around blind. The same Jesus that healed those physical ailments can today, does today, but also deals with the stuff that's so deep and so buried. Don't be a walking wounded anymore because you don't need to be. That's not God's destiny for you. Next. There'll be times of learning. Times of learning. Look at Exodus 22:26b. It says this, "For I am the Lord who heals you." Okay, Aaron, that's great. What does that have to do with anything? You understand what God just did here? God has just expressed to the children of Israel a new name. Now, to us that may not seem like a big deal. But we see this in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament. God, who are you? God, I want to know you. And God here is giving the children of Israel a new name for himself. It's basically Jehovah Rapha, which is God, my healer. Isn't that cool? God brings them out here, and he basically says, listen, we're in this moment. How about I reveal to you a little bit more about who I am? This is the only place that I've found. Now, now maybe I'm wrong. If you want to look it up and and take the time to do that, that's fine. But I'm pretty sure this is the only time we see God use this name in Scripture. I looked, but, you know, sometimes I can be wrong. I'm, I'm aware of that. But I'm pretty sure this is it. And so God brings them to this pool, brings them out and says, listen, I'm going to test you. I'm going to do some extraction. But also you're going to learn a little bit about me. Listen, if you don't like learning about God, I don't know if you really understand how awesome he is. God is amazing, and God wants us to know him. God wants you to learn about him. God wants you to grow in him, and part of that is understanding who God is. This year, God is going to desire in your life to reveal himself to you in a very cool way, in a way that maybe you didn't understand it before. It's going to be part of your learning process. It's going to be part of you understanding that. Isn't it interesting that in this this section where we begin to see this extraction and this, this healing and the promise is really a promise of basically, if you'll do what I say, I'll keep you healthy. Spiritually, physically, I'll keep you healthy. And so God says, I'm going to help you learn about that. I'm going to help you learn about who I am in that moment. Listen, when you're going through your test or you're going through your extraction, you need to always be mindful of this. God, what are you trying to teach me about who you are through this situation? Because a lot of times what we do is this. Let's be honest. I will use myself as an example because I do this quite often. Something happens. It is not pleasant. Oh, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why have 
things to me. Why haven't I won the lottery yet? Why? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm telling you now, you're going to be tested, and there'll be times of extraction. So when that happens, can we, can we just be honest with each other? Okay, You're kind of getting me. You, you know, some of you are kind of figuring out that I'm kind of blunt most of the time. Can we cut the pity parties, please? Okay? The world's going to hell in a handbasket. And what are we worried about? The fact that the carpet isn't quite right. The music isn't quite right. The pastor isn't quite right. Can we cut the pity parties? And I mean that as lovingly as I can say it. And you know what that means? That you have to always understand this, and you'll learn, okay? But when I say stuff like that, this is, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Here's what I'm doing. You ready? Me. I have to quit the pity parties because I have them too. And they're not pretty. And mine are probably worse than yours. But you know what? While we're having our pity parties the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And I'll be honest with you, I'm just sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of people. We went to the mall yesterday, and I'm just walking around the mall. Emily and Easton had to use, uh, use the restroom, so they stepped to the restroom, and I'm in kind of the food court area, and I'm just looking around, and I'm thinking to myself, how many of these people have no idea who Jesus is? And it broke my heart. I don't know if you do this. When I go into a crowded place, I immediately start thinking about souls. I immediately start thinking about how many of these people really know who Jesus is and how many of them have no idea. And how many of them are going to be called to eternity in this month, in this week, in this day. Look, I'm not saying that you can't have preferences. We're human, we get to have preferences. But there's a difference between allowing our preferences to keep us from moving forward to what God desires to do in our body and in our world and in our lives. Aaron, you're really harsh. You know what? I think it might be time to be a little harsh right now because our world is falling apart. Look around you. Look around you, guys. That is, this, this is not God's plan. But we don't know him. How can we tell people who he is? We don't even know him. We don't really know who Jesus is. I mean, yeah, we can regurgitate things that we've heard or understood, but when was the last time that you, as an individual, sat down and studied who God really is? In your moments of hurt, in your moments of joy, how many, God here is expressing himself to these people. Do you get that? He's basically saying, I am revealing myself to you. I want you to understand who I am. This is not a far-off God. This isn't a God that's far away. And this is Old Testament. Can you imagine what he wants to do now? And he's revealing himself. He's saying, this is who I am to his children. See this? This, is, this was my Christmas gift from my son. Now... Emily came to him, and I, if you don't know this, I love pocket knives. It, 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 it brings me back to my childhood. I don't know. I just, my dad always carried a little pocket knife, and I love pocket knives. And so Emily came to Easton a couple months ago and said, Easton, what do you want to get dad for Christmas? 
And he thought about it. He wondered about it. And, and without any help from Emily, you know what he said? I, I want to get dad a pocket knife. I want to get dad a knife. Now, how did my son know that? Because his father had revealed himself to him. Do you understand that the God who spoke the very worlds into existence is wanting you to understand who he is? He desires to be close to you. He desires to know what you want for Christmas. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that, isn't that a, a almost scandalous? You, every single one of you, not just me, not just people you look at and, and, and go, wow, look at Mr. Holy over there. No, no, no. All of us, all of us in our glorious mess that God is cleaning up. God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants you to learn more about him. He wants you to understand. And what's so beautiful about that is God is revealing this to us. All we have to do is be ready and listen. Ready and listen. Now, yeah, that might mean we have to open up our word once in a while. Hey, how about, when I say once in a while, how about every day? How about multiple times a day? How about experiencing him? How about praying without ceasing? How about letting him in every moment invade our lives? It's beautiful, and it's awesome, and it's what God wants to do. Take this year to learn about him. Learn his names. Learn his personality. Learn who he is. Don't miss it. Number four, there will be times, thank the Lord, (laughs) of refreshing. Look at verse number 27. After leaving Marah, after leaving Bitter, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elium, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water. After a time of testing, God always knows we'll need a time of resting. I love that. I love that the Bible is so specific. 12 springs and 70 palm trees. That means somebody counted. Somebody actually was like, hey, 12 12 springs, that's easy. I can get to 12. That's a lot of palm trees, I would assume. You know what that means? That is food and shade. Really, I'm just going to go with the shade stuff. Because you know why? They're in the desert. Remember, I came from the desert. It's hot in the sun. Very, very hot. It's like you're in an oven and it's on broil. And when you step into the shade, it'll drop 15, 20 degrees just being in the shade. So what do the Israelites do? What does God do? He says there are going to be times of testing. There's going to be times of extraction. There's going to be times of learning. And there's also going to be just some times where God allows you to sit in the shade with a nice cold cup of water. Oh, aren't those wonderful? Let's be honest. Aren't those just awesome? I love those times, but I want to remind you of something. In those moments, there is no miracle. There is no expression of who God is. But that doesn't mean they're not important. It just means they're different. And if all you do is try to get to the oasis, you're going to miss the revelation of who God is and the miracles that God wants to do in your life. Remember, we talked about this before. The flowers 
grow in the valleys. The refreshing times are usually up on the mountaintops. And they're beautiful. And they're wonderful. And we enjoy them. And we let them refresh us. And we allow those things to come upon us and revigorate us. It's kind of in those moments, it's like we, we remember the scripture where it says, you know, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we, we mount up with like wings like eagles. We run and we're not tired. Those wonderful times of refreshing. Listen, God knows when it's time to test. He knows when it's time to refresh. But let me help you with something. It is okay to have times of refreshing. Okay? There is nothing super spiritual about rejecting times of refreshing. God knows what you need when you need it. You do not trust him and his timing and his plan. Now you would think, oh, that's silly, Aaron. Oh, why? Well, no, 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 no. Listen, I've done it. But God, God, that's, I gotta be, I gotta be doing your work. I gotta be doing this and I gotta be doing that. No, God says, no, 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 no. You need to rest now. It's okay to rest. It's okay to let the water from the spring of God refresh your soul and sit in the shade. Now, here's how this works. You don't live there. The children of Israel don't stay there. That was not the promised land. But it was still preparing them for the journey to get there. And we see in their journey other instances where God allows there to be moments where they get to rest. Listen, it's okay to rest. We need to enjoy those moments of rest. We need to allow those moments to come you know why? I'll be honest with you. You know why? Because you probably have a very, very long journey ahead that you don't see coming that God's getting you ready for. Before I came here, God gave me a time of rest. Was that easy for me? No. It was like somebody taking a nail and driving it through my hand every single day. You think I'm being dramatic? I'm not. It was difficult. It was hard. It hurt. But I had to, and I finally got to a place where I realized I need to rest because you know what? I'm going to be leading some children of Israel to a promised land, and I need to be ready. And you know what? I'm not special in this. God is wanting all of us to get ready for the journey that he has. And so it's okay to have a little bit of a rest. But don't live there. Don't live there. Eternity is coming. The garden restored is coming, but not yet. There'll be moments where weapons are taken and they're turned into plowshare, uh, plows. That's coming. It's not here yet. So you take your rest. You take that moment that God brings, and then it's time to go again. Listen, rest is coming, but it's not here yet. But that doesn't mean it's not for seasons in our lives. And I truly believe this year there will be moments, thank the Lord, where he will bring moments of just beautiful refreshing. Those moments where you just bask in the spirit and the presence of God. And it's literally like it is 150 degrees and God takes water and just dumps it over your soul. And it's just like, oh, where you're so hot and you jump into a beautiful, clean swimming pool, and it just consumes you. There will be moments of that. 
And we need to take advantage of them and use them because God knows what we need. And God knows that there's probably something coming that we need to get ready for and rested for because it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be big. It's going to bring us and others into a promised land flowing with milk and honey. So as we conclude our message this morning, if the musicians want to come on up, we're going to close with this. I want to give you some, some more application stuff, some stuff that, that you know, and, and here's the thing. There, there will be other seasons, okay? You know, don't, don't come to me in three weeks and say, God did this and it wasn't a part of your, your four. I, I'm, I'm, I understand that. God's big and God's going to do major things. But these were the four I felt like God wanted me to share this morning. And so I want to leave you with this. So this year, this year, endure times of testing. Endure them because you know what? God's going to do something amazing through them. God is going to help you through them and you need to endure them. Don't reject them. Don't get mad at them. Don't look at them and say, God, how could you endure them? Because you know what's coming. Next, cooperate during times of extraction. Don't fight God when God is trying to remove things out of your heart and out of your life that would destroy you. That's silly. That's not what God has cooperate. Now, what I said here is don't try to remove them on your own. You are not created to do so. But cooperate. Be willing to allow God to do what he needs to do. Cooperate in that so that you can begin that healing. Next, absorb times of learning. Soak it in. Be like a a dry sponge when you throw it into the ocean. It just sucks it all up. I mean, I love it, but you get what I'm saying. It sucks up to its absolute extreme. Absorb those times. Learn those times. Let those times, you know, file those times away. And so, like in this story, when, when, when there is moments of disease, or there are moments of difficulty, we can remember, you know what? God has a name. And it's God is Absorb it. Hold it tight. And finally, enjoy times of refreshing. Enjoy them. Enjoy. I mean, let's think of it this way. Let's say you have a very, very, very hard, stressful job. And the boss comes to you and says, I know you've been working hard. You've been doing a great job. Guess what we're going to do? What? We're going to give you a month free, all expenses paid trip to Maui. You'll have a beach house. Whatever you want, we'll pay for it. You get to be there a whole month. Congratulations. How silly would it be? You know, that's awesome, but I think I'd rather just stay here and and work my tail off. Or we go and we go, boy, I sure wish I was back at work. Okay. When God brings those times, enjoy them. Let them refresh you. Let them them feed your soul. Because there are going to be times, and if we continued with the story, there are going to be times where they're in the desert. And they don't have that refreshing, and they don't have that palm trees. But I truly believe, even though they struggled, they got there 
because they allowed God to refresh them when they needed to be refreshed. So enjoy those moments. Enjoy them. Listen, there's going to be a lot that's going to be coming this year. There's going to be a lot that's going to come as far as what God wants to do in your life. There's going to be things that God wants to do in this body of believers. Some of them, I'm just going to be honest with you right now, I don't know all that God is asking us to do. I know some of the things that I feel like God is leading us to do, and, and some of them just, just they're, they're, they may not be overly comfortable. I don't think they'll be painful. I don't want to believe they'll be painful, but there, there are going to be things that God is going to do in this year. When, when we come back and, and, and we're standing here a year from now, and, and I'm sitting, oh man, it's the first Sunday, and I'll tell you right now, I'll do it. I'll go, it's the first Sunday of 2019. Man, where did 2018 go? You know we'll do that. And we look back. We're going to see God's hand in a lot of things. Are we going to be where God wants us to be? Not even close. But I promise you this, we'll be closer than we are right now. But God's got an amazing plan. God's got an amazing amount of things that he wants to do. And there's things coming. I don't like surprises. I want you to be aware so that you're ready. So let's do this. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray over you. And then I'm going to turn it back over to the worship team. And they're going to lead us in a closing chorus. But... And also, I just want to do this. Uh, I just, just feel like for some reason this needs to happen. I know um, that during the worship, um, Steve and Nathan are over here uh, ready to pray with people. Um, guys, would you just go on over there again, please? If, if there's something that you need to pray for, there's something that maybe you're, you're looking at moving forward, um, Maybe you're already in the midst of one of these things that we talked about. Maybe, well, I mean, you know, and, and you want someone to agree with you. These guys are amazing men of God. And they would love to pray with you. They would love to bring your need with you to the Heavenly Father. And so... I'm going to begin to pray in just a moment. But if that's you and, and you just... And it doesn't even have to be about something specifically that we talked about today. But you just need prayer. They are going to be over here, available to pray with you. So agree with them, okay? Don't miss this opportunity. And so they're going to be there, but we're going to pray. And then I'm going to turn over to the worship team, all right? So if you need prayer, get over there to them. And they'll pray with you. Father, we love you. And Father, as we, we begin to look forward, as we begin to look ahead, we have a journey ahead of us. Just like the children of Israel, we have in some ways gone through a very exciting time. We have gone through a... a, a and a, a situation where we have had Christmas, we have celebrated, and now it's January. The lights are down, and now it's time to begin our march to the promised land. 
And this year, there are going to be lots of things. There's going to be things that obviously I did not bring up, but there's going to be these four things. There's going to be times of testing. Father, when those times come, allow us to endure them. Allow us to, as Jesus did, as he looked ahead, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Let us know that we can endure the testing because of the joy in the morning. Because of what you have in store for us. Father, there will be times of extraction. And sometimes that's not fun. Sometimes that's not easy. But Father, those things are going to destroy us unless they're removed. Jesus, you weren't just only concerned about getting your children out of Egypt. You wanted to get Egypt out of your kids. Father, we live in a world that has permeated everything. Father, it's not so much to just get saved and then just sit there. You desire a process of sanctification. You desire for those things to be removed. And sometimes those things are hard. But Father, let us cooperate in those. Let us identify those things and say, Father, remove them. Because God, you never remove and not replace. You always remove and replace. And what you replace them with is your fruit of the Spirit the things we need, the things that sustain us, the things that are glorious. And Father, help us to learn. Let there be times of learning, deep, deep knowledge of you. New names that you desire to give us as you reveal yourself to us, as we know more about who you are and your nature. Let there be times this year of deep learning. And Father, let there be times of refreshing we can sit back and enjoy the shade of your presence and your living water your living water Father let it all come let it all come you're so good and Father whatever you have in store for us this year we welcome it because your plans and your ways are amazing We trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.